it's nice. I mean, we go against the same guys every day, all day. Uh, so it's definitely nice to have a switch up. And again, it's another uh, game-like scenario. I mean, obviously we're not in a stadium and we're not in a game, but uh, it kind of has that game feel. Hey everybody, Chris Harry with you on Chargers Weekly. That was the voice of defensive end Isaac Rochelle after Thursday's practice with the New Orleans Saints. A bit later, NFL insider Adam Kaplan tells us why he thinks the Chargers are playoff bound this season. But first, NOLA.com columnist Jeff Duncan shares his takeaways from joint practices with a look ahead to Saturday night. All right, just ended Chargers-Saints joint practice. Very pleased to be joined by Jeff Duncan, NOLA.com. Jeff, how are you, sir? I'm doing great. It's First, welcome to, to, welcome to Los Angeles. Well, I was going to say, it's hard to be doing bad in Southern California. Whenever I make a trip out here, I absolutely love it. I love the lifestyle, the culture, love the food. So uh, I'm doing great. Now I've got, now I've got a free day off. There you go. Friday, so, okay, so, so what are you going to do? I mean, let's talk about off the field right now. Well, uh, we're going to go get some good sushi, some good seafood. I'm going to get in a nice run. We're actually going down... Uh, to do some interviews in San Diego. We're doing some Drew Brees work. As you know, Drew Brees is going to probably break the NFL passing record, career passing record, Peyton Manning, sometime this season. So we're doing a lot of prep work ahead of time. that slated to happen? Like mid-season? About week six or so, week five or week six. Be a big story, obviously, even a a national story. So I'm going down to Drew Brees' hood, if you will, in Del Mar, and do some interviews down there and talk to some players he used to play with with the Chargers. It's so cool because there's so many neat parallels between these two teams. First, you got Rivers and Breeze. It starts there. Mm-hmm. 31 combined NFL seasons, 18 Pro Bowls. And then the coaches. You know, Coach Lynn and, and mm-hmm. Coach Payton were under Bill Parcells in 2005. You saw some hard work last year, similar this year, and no fights. Yeah, I think the respect that the coaches and that the leaders of the team, Philip Rivers and Drew Brees, they set the example for all the players. And you could see it. It was very competitive, very intense, but it never crossed that line. Mm -hmm. And I think it's a a tribute and a testament to the leadership on both organizations. And I think they're going to continue to do this as long as they can because of how productive it's been. I hope so. We were talking about maybe doing a home and home. Maybe come down to you guys. (laughs) Yeah, bring it on. You know, We'll we'll treat you to some good uh, Cajun food Uh, because these two teams don't play a lot. I remember when they played down in San Diego a few years ago, there was a huge contingent of Saints fans at that game uh, because it's just so rare, infrequent, that the Saints and Chargers hook up. And this is unique for the Chargers because three of their four opponents in the preseason they face in 2018. The Mm -hmm. Saints are the lone team that they do not face in the regular season. So let's get your observations, Jeff, these two days at uh, at Jack Hammond Sports Complex. What did you see from both teams? Well, the thing that stood out to me the most was the the two quarterbacks, obviously, veteran Pro Bowl, multiple Pro Bowl-level quarterbacks can have their way with a good, even good defenses. Uh, the ball didn't hit the ground a lot with Phillip Rivers and Drew Brees, and they each have a go-to guy that wears number 13, Keenan Allen and Michael Thomas, both of them Pro, Bowl, Pro Bowlers themselves. It's been a treat. Yeah, great, great receivers. And going against good DBs, now I know Casey Hayward hadn't been out there, uh, but uh, Marshawn Lattimore is trying to match up with Keenan Allen, and Keenan Allen gave him fits. So those, those things stood out. I, I like the talent level of, of the Chargers. I think Los Angeles Chargers are going to be a team to be reckoned with in the AFC West. And Sean Payton alluded to that yesterday when we were talking to him. He said, look, a year ago, no one really knew much about either one of these teams. No That's one true. was picking either one of these two teams to make much noise. Uh, the Chargers obviously started a little slower. But now I think both teams have bright prospects just a year later. Yeah, I mean, the Saints one play away from getting to that conference championship game. 
And to your point about some of these stars, it was a star-studded couple of days when you talk about Michael Thomas, Drew Brees, Alvin Kamara, Cam Jordan. You got you know Joey Bosa didn't practice, but Melvin Ingram out there. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of talent on both sides that you rarely see at a joint practice. No, and that's why I think things go back and forth, right? You see each side make plays. Uh, and we try and tell the Saints fans, look, the, the Chargers are going to win some of these battles. They've got a good team. Don't overreact when Melvin Ingram greets Ryan Ramchek for a strip sack against Drew Brees. Melvin Ingram's very good. Yeah. And I was really hoping to see Joey Bosa, and I'd love to see Casey Hayward get out there and go against the Saints offense because for so many years the Saints offense has been so dynamic. And they're a different offense now. You know, they're kind of running back base with Kamara and Ingram. You can kind of see it out here. They're not just four wides and just throwing all the time. And I was really hoping to see that pass rush with Bosa and Ingram because I think they're a dynamic tandem. Yeah, I remember last year, too, Adrian Peterson was in the mix. So you guys had a three-headed attack. And not many people knew about Alvin Kamara. He had a 41-yard touchdown, I believe, in that game against the Chargers at StubHub Center last year. People quickly realized this was going to be the offensive rookie of the year. That was kind of his moment when everybody, that was the aha moment, when everybody said, wow, this guy's special. That was a very special play. I had talked to some reporters in New Orleans at that practice who said, hey, Kamara's been seeing a lot of time in the backfield during Mm -hmm. training camp. It was just a matter of time before he broke out. Well, this is a funny story. So I was talking to Sean Payton at a minicamp after the draft. It was probably, they probably had a couple weeks of minicamps talking to him off to the side. And I was asking about his rookie class, and he was giving me, you know, the same old stuff about some of the players. And I said, "What about Kamara?" Because I knew he liked Kamara. And I said, "What about him?" I, I hear, you know, he's going to play. And he goes, "Play? He's going to make an impact." <laughs> he wow. said that on the record two weeks after the draft. That's how quick Sean Payton knew he was going to be a player. Wow. And then Michael Thomas. What can you say about that guy? He's a Los Angeles native. He was mm-hmm. a nephew of Keyshawn Johnson. What, what's he shown you in the last two years? Well, he's. Uh, he's the best receiver this organization's had, I think, maybe uh, ever. I mean, he may be better than Marcus Colston, his all-time leading receiver. He's got that great combination of size. Uh, he's a technician on his routes. Great hands. Uh, he, a lot like Marcus Colston with his hands. Doesn't drop very many balls. And, yeah, you're right, a former L.A. native. An incredible story. When he was at Taft High, I think he started, he was 5'7", like 150. In his junior year, he didn't catch a pass. And then he led the state of California in receptions his senior year and kind of blew up. He was a late definition of a late bloomer. Yeah, just a total late bloomer. And he's a great leader on the field, too. Totally intense, wants to be great. Uh, So this team is very excited about their young uh, group of stars. You know, you mentioned we've talked about Kamara, Ryan Ranchak, the right tackle, Marshawn Lattimore, a pro bowler Mm -hmm. as a rookie. A lot of young talent, and I think that's rejuvenated Drew Brees, you know, in, in his almost 40th year. Uh, now is, I think, seeing a second window maybe for another Super Bowl. And it's just great work to see a different look, you know. I mean, I'm sure you're at Saints training camp, and these guys are hitting each other every single day. You come here, and you're simulating a game in many respects, and you get to see this Chargers passing defense was number three in the league last year. It's a great test for Brees and company. Yeah, and you saw it. Lots of times Drew Brees having to go to his second and third options. We don't see that a lot. He's usually so quick to diagnose the defense, especially the Saints defense that he knows so well in practice. The ball comes out quick with Brees. Uh, this practice, the last couple of days, he's had to go to his second and third option. And then you see the real drop-off, Chris, when you see the backup quarterbacks come in. Yeah. After oh, yeah. Rivers, after Brees. There's a lot more confusion in those guys. The ball doesn't come out as quick. The timing's off. And that's why it's such a treat. And I try and tell Saints fans, 
uh, you know, watch these backup quarterbacks when they come in and don't take for granted the greatness of a Drew Brees because it's not that easy. He makes it look very easy. And just having those two guys together, I, I tell people this all the time, this is a treat. I mean, these last two days, these guys doing the quarterback challenge, I mean, these are two Hall of Famers. Like you said, Drew Brees is going to break the passing record in 2018. You don't get to see two legends duke it out and not only in in 11 on 11 7 on 7s but these fun quarterback challenges that both of them are very competitive about oh my gosh are they competitive <laughs> i mean they do not want to lose they're no one each one of them the way they way they compete they're probably right now back in their dorm room or wherever they're at their hotel they're room. strategizing right yeah now. like yeah. how can we beat rivers who, and that's, who won who won thursday do we know I wasn't Drew Brees. I know that. He did okay. not do well, so okay. it couldn't have been him. Rivers said they lost. The Chargers lost uh, the first day. Right, right. I just don't know. I know that Brees said he did not win. So uh, doesn't surprise me, though, how competitive those guys are. And it's amazing to me they were both in the same quarterback room together. And, and the other thing that's amazing, going back to the Chargers, the fact that they drafted Drew Brees and LaDainian Tomlinson in the same draft. Two it's, Hall of Famers. I mean, how often has that happened? Unbelievable. One of the fun things that's happened out here, too, yesterday, these defenses, these secondaries, very competitive. I know every time the Chargers get an interception, the whole defense celebrates. Mm-hmm. And I think there was some some chippiness, some talking about who started that. Right. And it was funny because I think Desmond King had a pick. They did it. And then the Saints got a pick like two plays later. They did it. It's fun, man. Yeah, it's competitive. Yeah. I mean, then they're going back and forth. The Saints do this pose thing. Uh, their defense did it all last year. Their secondary kind of started. They called themselves the Boink Gang, and uh, it, I it's thought the it was Jack Boys over here. Yeah, it's Jack Boys, right? So it was a good-natured back and forth, and I think a healthy respect between both these organizations. And I, I think I talked to Sean Payton after practice yesterday. He's got such respect for how the organizations run. The setup here is so great. You and I were talking about it earlier. Yeah, uh, it's just a great place, and it's a very conducive. Uh, atmosphere to get better. I think both teams got a lot better this week. Finally, Jeff, what do you expect to see on Saturday? We also talked about this off air. It's very rare to have a pair of joint practices before the dress rehearsal game. So what do you think, based on what we saw from the ones out here the last couple of days, what's that going to mean for Saturday? Well, we're going to get to see Drew Brees for the first time this preseason. He hasn't he didn't played play the first two. He hasn't played in the first two games, so Saints fans eagerly anticipating number nine getting back on the field. I don't know how long he'll play because one of the points of emphasis and one of the objectives of the Saints this camp is to find out who his backup is between Taysom Hill and Tom Savage. So I think Brees will get a series or two, maybe the first quarter. Sure. Normally he would probably play three quarters, but they don't need to see Drew Brees yeah. on they the field. They know what they got. I think you're going to see a lot of Taysom Hill, who Sean Payton is very high on out of Brigham Young in his second year. Very athletic player, uh, still developing as a passer, but an incredible athlete. I think he's going to tuck it and run a few times. Yeah. Uh, and then Tom Savage, they're in a heated battle to be Breeze's backup, which, by the way, is the, the best job in the NFL is yeah. the backup to Breeze because he's missed one game in 12 years because of injury. <laughs> the guy's incredibly durable. Uh, so if you get a backup job, you just get to hold a clipboard and cash a nice paycheck. Another eerie parallel. Phillip Rivers had missed starts as 06 as well. That's amazing. I mean, these two guys were in the same quarterback room. That, yeah, that's incredible. And I love the story about how he takes a commutes back and forth and breaks down film in the yeah. back of this van, shows his commitment, how smart he is, how efficient you get as a veteran with your time, knowing how you know you got family obligations, both of them are great family men, understanding how to compartmentalize their job and their home life. Jeff, this was fun, man. Thanks so much for stopping by, and uh, hope you enjoy a couple days in Southern California. Oh, that's that goes without saying. <laughs> Let's just make it happen every year. Let's make it an annual thing. We'll see you on Saturday. All right. Thanks a lot, Chris.
The Chargers' new home, L.A. Stadium at Hollywood Park, is taking shape, and fans, this is your chance to get in on the action that starts in 2020. The stadium experience, indoor-outdoor design, and world-class amenities are all groundbreaking, along with the see-through roof and 70,000-square-foot dual-sided video board. The new L.A. Stadium speaks to what it means to be an Angelino, and your Los Angeles Chargers want you to be part of it all. Visit FightForLA.com. That's FightForLA.com today for more information. All right, welcome back to Chargers Weekly. Very pleased to bring on NFL insider Adam Kaplan, live from Costa Mesa, Saints Chargers camp. Adam, how are you, sir? Good to hear, good to be here, and this is, I'll tell you what, this is a really cool setup here in the Jack Hammett Park. They've done a great job. It's beautiful. Look, it's, it's easy to get to. The access is great. Fan, there are stands here. Fans can watch, and there's nothing like seeing another team practice with the Chargers. Now, I've done six camps where there were two teams practicing with each other. It's a way to go, man. I, I love it. You get to see a lot of people. You get to see a lot of players and coaches and executives. And the great thing about this camp is you've got what, what I believe will be two playoff-bound teams. Yeah. You don't always get that. This is – they did this last year. And it, it was it was one of those camps where it, it was atypical because – there wasn't any fights. It was pretty clean, good, hard work. These coaches know each other and know what to expect coming in. That's right. I think you make a really good point there. I think when you look at it, and I've talked to coaches on my tour, and they'd say, look, this one team didn't handle themselves as professionals. We don't know if we'll go back with, it, with them next year. My understanding is the coaches, Sean Payton and Anthony Lynn, have known each other from the days from the Cowboys working together. Yep. And they decided to get together. As you said, they did it last year. And now we also saw last year with the Chargers, the Rams, there were, there were like a half a dozen fights. Oh, there was a lot of fights. We, he, you were there, right? Yes, I was, and oh it was crazy. Yeah. It would stop. And then day one here was a couple, put, two instances where there was a lot of pushing, but that was it. There was yeah. nothing really to worry about. But you never want to have fights because guys could break their hands. you got to be careful with that stuff. So, Adam, you were telling me off air, I think this is Team 17 and Team 18 that you've seen throughout your travels to tra- different training yes. camps around, uh, yes. around the country. But what have been your findings? What have you learned about this league as we enter September? Yeah, I think the helmet rule, the the adjustment to it, they've always had it, but now they have an adjustment, exactly what you can and can't do with it. It's been significant. Coaches, are, I, I think, around the National Football League, especially in defense, are concerned. But you know, the Chargers, they ta- they've tackled the right way. Just being here for two days, there doesn't seem to be a concern about it because players aren't getting flagged for it here with the Chargers. And... They've taught with the proper techniques, so it's really not a big deal. But there's some coaches, defensive coaches around the NFL that are concerned about it because it's now, with your helmet, the league has really said the only thing you can do with your helmet is protect yourself. You cannot use it at all. If you lower your head to initiate contact, in the league's eyes, that's a penalty. Yeah. And you've seen it. We've had games, Chris, that you've had over 30 penalties. And a game, one game was over like close to four hours. You can't have that. But they're calling it hard now. I think Hopefully, I was there, Adam. Yeah, I was, yeah. It was Chargers, Cardinals. Yes. Three hours, forty-one minutes. It was minutes, awful. Twenty-six right. accepted penalties. Right, right. And, the, and the, is this something that's just maybe preseason? Yeah, you know what? They're trying to get people familiar I, I, with what, what's to come. Here, I could tell you that GMs I spoke, I've spoken to have not been told that. But historically, we know that's been done because they want the league wants it to call it the players to see what's going to be coming in the regular season. And typically, you see a big time reduction. A big time reduction of flags. That's hoping. That's what we're hoping once the regular season starts. Adam, let's get into the AFC. Starts with New England. We know Pittsburgh's always there. Jacksonville showed their face last year. Uh, I think there's a lot of teams that could potentially get in that mix in 2018. I think the Chargers are frankly one of them. 
Yeah, I think that in the, the NFC, there are six legitimate Super Bowl contenders. In the AFC, I just don't think the competition is good as the NFCs. So that opens it up for an upstart team like the Chargers to get pushed for the, not only division or wild card, but to get in the playoffs and maybe win a game. I, I just think it's sort of wide open. I agree with your assessment in the AFC, and I, I expect with a really strong Chargers roster, the only issue I, I see is a tight end after the loss of Hunter Henry. Yeah. And then secondly, I think corner, they don't have the depth because now with Jason Verrett's injury, that corner depth is an issue. But overall, this is a really good Chargers roster. You know what Gus Bradley was able to do last year? You know, there were some linebacker depth issues last year, and they played a lot of dime. Adrian Phillips was in there. And I look at this roster now, Adam. You bring in Kaiser White. You bring in Uchenna Nuosu. You have Adrian Phillips. Desmond King was great in the nickel. Derwin James, I think, can play all over the field. He'll eventually maybe play free. He can play strong. He can rush off the edge. They have a lot of positionless players that I think bodes well for them when, when they go into to start game planning against various opponents, specifically in the AFC West with some of these young quarterbacks. Yeah, they're very young at linebacker, and they're, they're going to have six or seven guys that if they make the team, you're going to hear a lot about, whether it's on special teams or a nickel or a dime. You, they're they're going to see a lot of younger linebackers. We're talking the Chargers here. You're going to see a lot of them on the field this season. And Derwin James, though, at safety, my goodness gracious. He looks this the part. Kid, he does. He's, he's a monster. In fact, I heard during OTAs, he would like make a play at practice every day. Uh-huh. And if, I cannot wait. When I was here three weeks ago, it was his first day of practice. But I've heard he's really coming on. And then Mike Williams has been the story of camp. He's been a star. He has been really – this is the guy I think everyone here, not that they're not excited about all the rookies because a lot of rookies have done well. This kid looks exceptional. I can't wait to see him when the games really count. They're essentially red shirts too. You know, Mike Williams – Forrest Lamp, Forrest Lamp returned to practice last week, and you know we'll see how that goes. You want to take it slow with a guy like that, especially coming off an injury like he had. But to your point, Mike Williams, every single day, Adam, he has made a play, and I think he's just stacked days. He's built confidence, and you wanted to see it in the games. He had that 25-yard touchdown catch from Geno Smith on Saturday. You saw it translate to the games, and now I think his confidence is just skyrocketing at this point. He attacks the football, and he's not just a red zone guy. You saw his beautiful touchdown catch last week. Yeah. He is going up for it, and he'll go deep middle. And I was talking to Phil McGagan, the receivers coach. What he said is like, look, this kid, and and Phil said, look, he coaches him really hard. He's taking the coaching, and he's, he's, he's taken it and run with it and gotten better every day. And he's been incredibly impressive. And Phil's a guy. See, I remember Phil as a player uh, who had some injuries, unfortunately, in his career. But he was with a bunch of teams. I remember in Denver. He was always at bottom of the roster guy. So he knows what it's like to work hard. Yeah. And he's instilling that in Mike Williams and his receivers. Yeah, he, he's an animated guy. And he, he's worked these guys really hard. And one of the guys that I feel like we haven't talked about as much, Adam, just because I he's so great, is Keenan Allen. People forget he's 26 years old. His footwork, probably the best in the NFL. And he's... I think he's taking it to another notch. I'm not even kidding. And it's 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 scary to think what he could do with another healthy 16 games alongside Mike Williams and Tyrell Williams. You know, it's interesting. I was at the Steelers training camp, and San Antonio Holmes has worked with Antonio Brown. I asked San Antonio, what are you doing with, with uh, Antonio? He's like, look, I told him, every year in the National Football League, you've got to have something new for the defense. And when it comes to Keenan Allen, that's what he's probably doing here. Because I remember talking to Keenan last year. 
He was coming off the ACL surgery, and he told me that he actually believed he was faster than he was before the injury. That's wild. And by golly, if you watch him last season, look pretty fast. Had a great season, monster <laughs> season. So, yeah, he gets in and out of his breaks. He catches. He's a hands catcher, not a body catcher. What I mean is, when you watch receivers, guys who catch it with their hand, with, with their body and their hands, that's not the proper technique. You want to catch it away from your body, and he does that. And look, with, with Travis Benjamin being that deep threat, and Mike Williams and Tyrell Williams opposite Keenan Allen. I mean, this is this is this foursome. And then, man, um, Jeremy Davis. Wow, he he he's a big body he, too. He's he's another guy who goes and gets it. So they're really deep at wide receiver. Yeah, Artavis Scott, uh, another guy. Mike Williams' teammate at Clemson. So that may be their their strongest position in terms of depth. And listen, the offense is going to change a little bit. They're no, the number one passing attack in the NFL last year. But when you lose Hunter Henry, um, the tight end position, I think is a little bit of a question mark at this point. But Virgil Green has shown flashes uh, dating back to his days in Denver. I, I just I, I want to see how they replace that production that Hunter Henry gave him last year because you can't ultimately replace it. But when you talk about Austin Eckler, uh, a guy out of the backfield, uh, having those four wide receivers and maybe getting some from a Virgil Green or Sean Culkin, uh, there is potential there. Yeah, I think that when you really look at Sean Culkin, just made a great catch uh, down the left sideline, by the way, right in front of us. But there it is, real time, Adam. Play yeah, by there play. you go. Hey, there you go. So against the St. DB, but look, they may resign Antonio Gates. We'll, we'll see what happens there. I know they have interest in bringing him back. Um, Virgil Green, people forget it. Nevada, when he played with Colin Kaepernick, he was a pass catcher today, and he had a knee problem. I remember reporting it uh, back then. Or he would have gone in the third or fourth round. He was yeah. a seventh round pick. That's, I mean, that's what he was. I he mean, can, now he's known as a football, primarily right. a run blocker, but he, I know, he I has know. that juice. He can. He actually, when I was here the first time three weeks ago, he looked really good. But it's going to be a committee at tight end. They're, they're going to be a team that's going to spread it around with the receivers. I expect them to go with more three and four wide receiver sets because they're just not as strong a tight end. And, and, and that's the thing is that's the strength of their football team, the receivers. Yeah. Philip explained yesterday, I thought it was pretty interesting during his, his press conference after the, after the practice, rather, that... You know, he had a miscommunication with Keenan Allen as the interception. He said, wasn't really worried about that. But he made a play with Virgil that normally wouldn't be anything eye-popping. It was just a, kind of a routine 10, 15-yard pass or whatever it was. And he said that's the type of thing that he needed. He needed to see that chemistry, that rapport with Virgil Green because some of these guys are new he hasn't worked with. Plus, he's going to have to look. Right now, Virgil Green's going to have a big role without Gates on the roster. That's so right. he's got to be the guy and Hunter Henry being out. And you know, it's one thing talking to uh, talking to Tom Telesco. He he relayed a story to me. It was interesting. He said, "Look, one of the things he really liked about Mike Williams is the time he put in with Philip." He said, "Their first day of practice, their timing was a little bit off, and he, and, and Philip and Mike worked after practice, and Mike got it. Mike knew. Look, this is Philip Rivers we're talking about here. He might be a Hall of Famer. Mm -hmm. You got to get your timing down. They missed it last summer. Remember, they didn't work. They didn't have a, As you said, you're right. Yeah. He had a redshirt season mostly. I mean, he came, in, he came in week five. At that yeah. point, I mean, we're moving on. We're, right. we're moving on to game plan. Right. So he didn't have a training camp, and now, man, him healthy. Charger fans, let me tell you something. Mike Williams. Now we know why they drafted him. <laughs> I, I saw it yesterday, and I've been hearing about him, and that see it up close and to talk to Telesco and uh, McGagan about him. Wow, they. I guess apparently he's been awesome. Adam, we'll get you out of here on this. Forecast this AFC West for me. Uh, it's, it's super wide open. Kansas City, reigning champs, and they've been a thorn in the Chargers' side, frankly. They've lost eight straight to the Chiefs. You start with them week one. A lot of other intriguing storylines, starting with the Broncos and Raiders as well. Yeah, I, I'll start with the latter. The Broncos, to me, are a team that it's hard to figure out because their defense really dropped off last season. Um, 
can they get it back to where it was a couple years ago? Obviously, they have a quarterback change. Offensive line has been in flux, though. The Broncos think it's way ahead of where it was last year. Uh, running game is in question. It's a two-man backfield right now. Mm-hmm. So they have some significant questions. Raiders, obviously, are changing offensive defensive schemes. Spent two days with them. Uh, defensively is the challenge. I think offensively, offensively they'll be fine. Yeah. Khalil Mack at this point. We don't know well, where Khalil Mack right. is going to be. He's going to be back at some point. I mean, he's, he's under contract. He'll, he'll report at some point in the near future. Could be a week, two weeks, three weeks. Uh, and then I think it's a two-team race. I think it's, as you set it up, I think it's the Chargers or the Chiefs. I keep picking... I keep picking the Chargers. They don't do it. I'm going to do it again. <laughs> I know the Hunter like Henry. The faith. You know what? I know the Hunter Henry injury is significant. I'm not doubting it is. It, it definitely is. But coaching matters, and I'm expecting Ken Wisenhunt to make a big jump this year. I was pretty critical of Wisenhunt last season. I thought their offense underachieved. Uh, Ken's a good coach, and he needs to open things up this season. He needs to move the ball downfield more to his receivers. With that receiver group, Chris, they got to be way more dynamic. To your point, when Hunter Henry is no longer in the lineup in 2018, you do bring in a guy like Mike Williams. So things could be tweaked a little bit. And if training camp is any indication, Mike Williams could be really the, the could difference be, maker right. on offense. Sure, good point. Yeah, I do. I, again, he's going to play a lot, Tyrell Williams, assuming they don't move him, assuming he's on the roster for the full season. They're, Travis Benjamin still is an elite deep threat. I, I can't wait to watch their passive game. It's going to be fun. Yeah. Adam, you're the best, man. Thank you so much for your time. And uh, what, what do you got going on in the next few weeks? Still, I guess camps are done, right? Yeah, so this is my last this camp. This is it. This is it. I've been on the road for a better part of four weeks. And uh, after today, I fly back to Philadelphia and um, be doing a lot of radio locally. I started a podcast on the Eagles. You could follow me on Twitter, Kaplan NFL, on Instagram. Perfect. On, on Twitter, you could find my link to my podcast with my two friends, Jeff Mosher and Bill Osborne, where we break it down on the Eagles and uh, and kind of go over the Super Bowl champs about what their, their issues are. And it's already doing well. We got 2,000 listeners within 24 hours, so I'm, I'm looking amazing. forward to that. Yeah, world champs. A lot of people want to know what the Eagles are doing. Adam, thanks again, Ben. Thank you. And that'll do it. A big thanks to Adam Kaplan and Jeff Duncan for joining me. And, of course, thanks to you all for listening. Find us on Apple Podcasts. While you're there, please leave a review. Help spread the word. And a reminder that preseason game number three, the dress rehearsal game against the Saints, is Saturday night on CBS. Kickoff is at 5 p.m. Pacific. I also encourage you to check out NFL Game Pass for replays of Chargers games. You can also scout AFC West rivals with that All-22 Coaches film and much more. Visit GamePass.NFL.com to download your free seven-day trial. Enjoy the game this weekend, and until next time, I'm Chris Harey.